that sucks. That wasn't the way the NCAA tournament was supposed to go. That wasn't what was supposed to happen in the first day of the NCAA tournament. This is Top Dogs. I'm Rob Doster. It's part of the Field of 68 Media Network presented by our sponsors uh, at Honey and our partners over at Bed River Sportsbook. It was uh, a disappointing weekend to be a UConn fan. Uh, if you're listening to this, you probably already know. UConn lost to New Mexico State in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Teddy Buckets went off for 37 points. Uh, looked like the second coming of, of Steph Curry. Fat Steph, if you will. Um, and UConn got bounced. And they were gone on the first day. Uh, I, I don't. I don't really know what else there is to say about it other than the fact that it was just a, a, an incredibly disappointing result. Um, you know, I thought that this team had a chance. They had the roster build to be able to make a little bit of noise. I, I, I thought that they got a – their draw in the tournament was was something akin to a nightmare. Um, I, I mean, Arkansas is awesome. and They, they would have gotten Arkansas in the second round. And then Arkansas advanced to play the winner of either Memphis, who was playing like a top five team in the country, and Gonzaga, who is the number one team in the country. So the idea that UConn losing in the first round ended some kind of miracle Final Four one was probably a little bit overblown. But, you know, it would have been nice to finally get a win in the NCAA tournament. It's been a long time since we've seen one of those. But it was not to be. Um, and, you know, I don't want to sit here and and – dive too much into the X's and O's of it because it kind of was what it was, right? I, I thought I thought that UConn played pretty good defense on on uh Teddy Allen. You know, a lot of the shots that he hit in the second half, some of those daggers were ridiculous deep step back threes. And that's kind of what he is, right? We saw it in the second round game against Arkansas. He's a guy that's going to take a lot of ridiculously tough shots. And Sometimes you're going to go in and sometimes you're going to get into a rhythm and sometimes uh, he's going to find a way to just completely erupt. And that's what he did against UConn. And, you know, you can, you can fault Tyrese Martin or Andre Jackson for allowing him to kind of get into that rhythm. Uh, you can say that, that Danny Hurley should have sent two, two players at him and double teamed him and done exactly what Eric Musselman did and forced somebody else to beat you on that roster. But at the end of the day, I thought that they played good defense on him in those one-on-one situations and the kid just made shots. And sometimes that's going to happen when you're dealing with somebody that is as good of a score as Teddy Allen is. I want to put this in perspective, right? I know he's at New Mexico state. This kid was at Wichita state. He was at West Virginia and he was at Nebraska before that and ended up getting kicked out of all three programs. But the fact that he got three chances at high major schools should tell you everything that you need to know about how good this kid is and the talent that he has and the potential that coaches see in him. If he wasn't awesome, he wouldn't get chance after chance after chance to play at that level of college basketball. He just happened to have a night against UConn where he couldn't miss in the moments where we needed him to miss. It happens. It is what it is, and it sucks when it's against your team, and it sucks when you are the fan of the guys that get their heart broken by the the upset that everybody picked in their bracket, but that's what happened, and, you know, it is what it is. And honestly, I think I got to take the blame for this one, right? Like, Coach Hurley, I'm sorry. Dan, I'm sorry. Luke, Kamani, Tom, I'm sorry. This was on me. He missed his first six shots, and I looked at my buddy named Carter Elliott, we were sitting at a sports book at the Philadelphia Casino, uh, the Rivers Casino in Philadelphia. And I said, they call him Teddy Buckets. It's more like Teddy bricked it. And then the kid hit his next eight shots. So I'm going to take the blame for this one. This loss falls solely on my shoulders. 
Uh, I jinxed it as a fan. I mushed it as a better. It is what it is. Um, but in all seriousness, like I, I think the biggest thing, the most disappointing part is that losing on the first day of the tournament, it just sucks because it puts a damper on the entire weekend, right? The first weekend of the, the NCAA tournament is supposed to be an utter celebration. And here I am just sulking about the fact that UConn lost, but we had these unbelievable games going on between like Murray State and San Francisco and Memphis and Gonzaga and Arizona and TCU. And I'm just sitting here like, man, fuck, I wish UConn was playing in one of those games. So uh, it is what it is. I, I, I think I think it's very important to remember that all of the good stuff that happened this season, right? Look, it sucked losing to Villanova. It sucked losing in the NCAA tournament. But we finally have a team that we can root for that has a level of expectation where we say, you know what? Getting a five seed, that's not good enough. Finishing as the three seed in the Big East, that's not good enough. Uh, finishing third in the Big East regular season and spending the entire year ranked in the top 25 of every single metric that you can possibly find, that's not good enough. Uh, and, you know, I, I do think that if you got Dan Hurley in a, a candid moment, he probably would say that, that he wanted more out of this group. Um, I also think that it's, it's fair to say uh, he did a lot with a team that had some very real limitations in the way that the roster was built. They had one point guard. They had one initiator, right? If they couldn't find a way to scheme Adama Sanogo a touch in the post, if they couldn't find a way to get Tyler Polly or Jordan Hawkins a wide open three coming off of a pin down, then it kind of was, okay, RJ, you go try to make something happen, and then we're going to go try to get the misses. That's kind of what UConn was. They were they were uh, fairly one-dimensional one and fairly predictable, uh, and despite that, they still finished the year with a top 30 offense and a top 30 defense ranked top thir- top 25 um, in the AP poll and Ken Palm and in, in Torvik and any of the metrics that you want to you wanna look at. So I think if you if you take a step back and you look at a full 30,000 foot top down view of what this UConn performance was this season and what this UConn team was and what they could have been based off of the way that that, that roster was kind of constructed i i don't think that you can say this year was anything other than than successful um we got to start winning in march though eventually those wins have to start coming you can't find a way to make an excuse Oh, yeah, Teddy Allen went off. It happens. Oh, yeah, Maryland switched everything and they took away James Booknight. It happens. Like, they, at some point, you got to start winning those games. But the idea, and I've, I've seen this floated by people on Twitter and floated by people on the Boneyard and floated by people um, that, that that kind of watch UConn in one-off games. Like, oh, you got to rid of Hurley. He's not doing a good enough job. Stop that. Just fucking stop that. He's in year four of a total rebuild. He got this program back to where you give a damn enough to be angry and start calling for people's jobs when you probably shouldn't be doing it. Just be thankful we got something to cheer for again. And next year we can start saying, all right, let's see this thing keep growing. You got a seven seed uh, first year back in the Big East. You got a five seed last year. Let's grow this thing. Let's get a three seed. Let's get a top four seed. Let's get to the sweet 16 next year. I All I want. All I want in the world is the trajectory to keep going like this, right? Let's keep getting better. Let's keep growing this program. Let's keep making it more relevant. I think it's also very important to say this. RJ Cole was a MEAC recruit. He ended up at Howard for a reason. He's like five foot 11 soaking wet, right? Five foot 11 with heels on. Tyrese Martin was an Atlantic 10 recruit. He was the second best player on the team. RJ was the best player on this team. Um, a lot of the guys that were playing vital roles like Isaiah Willie, like Tyler Polly, probably uh, Jalen Gaffney doesn't really qualify there, but 
Um, he still kind of does like those guys committed to this program when it was in the American. Right. And if you look at the roster that UConn has right now, there's a lot of young, really talented, really promising pieces that are on it. We're going to get to that in a second. So there's, there's reason for optimism, even if RJ and Tyrese Martin uh, are, are gone for good. Um, even if Adama Sonogo ends up deciding that he's going to try to go to the, the professional route here. But before I get into that conversation, I, I want to say a couple of things. One, the, the season's over and it sucks, but like, let's just, it's okay. It's going to be okay. It's always going to end up being okay. Um, the There's only one team at the end of the season who doesn't, who doesn't, find themselves disappointed with a bad taste in their mouth and that's the team that wins the national title everybody else is like ah you know what we, we blew a chance we could have had a chance Loyola gets to the final four and they're like yeah you know what we could have beaten Michigan in that final four game George Mason gets to the final four I'm sorry to bring up bad memories but they find themselves like yeah you know what? we 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 had a chance to win VCU gets to the final four uh and they find themselves kicking themselves because they're uh they're an 11 seed and they lost to an eight seed that that could have been their chance right so no matter what happens, you're always going to end the year disappointed unless you're the team that cuts down the nets. And we've been lucky enough to have that happen four times since I've been following the program. Don't take that for granted. We've been to the Final Four five times since I've been paying attention to UConn and, and old enough and cognizant enough to, to know what basketball is. Don't, don't take that for granted. Um, and me, personally, like, I feel like the NCAA tournament is always going to be playing with house money, right? I care significantly more about the result in the big East tournament. I care significantly more um, about finding ways to beat Providence and beat Villanova and beat the likes of Creighton and beat Seton Hall and beat St. John's beat all those teams in the garden. That first, uh, that first week in March, that that's what matters more to me than, than an NCAA tournament. When you are, when you kind of not like a top five team in college basketball. And uh, the one, the, the loss that frustrates me more is, the loss to Villanova in the semifinals of the Big East tournament, simply because it was another situation where UConn did everything that they needed to do to win that game. They just missed a couple easy opportunities and made a couple bad turnovers and, and did a couple things that you can't do if you're going to beat a team as good as Villanova. Against New Mexico State, they a guy showed up, dropped 40 on them, and and what do you – that happens. It's basketball. It's the nature of the sport. Uh, so that does not bother me as much as as the loss to the loss to Villanova is going to be the one that stings because that was the chance, man. You could like, you beat Villanova and then you get a banged up Creighton team in the final of the Big East tournament in Madison Square Garden where UConn's going to be playing essentially a home game, and I think they would have had a chance to to hang a banner and cut down some nets there. But it is what it is. Uh, this was a terrific season. It was one that was a joy to follow and a joy to root for. And, and, and I'm just so thankful that UConn mattering is back in my life, but uh, we got a year coming up um, that I think could be really interesting. Before we do that, I just want to let you know that today's episode of top dogs is sponsored by honey. It's the easiest way to save money when shopping on your phone or your computer. Have you ever been in this spot where you're shopping for something online and you get to check out? And when I ask for a promo code, you start Googling to try to find something to find a code to be able to save from some money. Well, now, Thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past because Honey is the free tool that scours the internet for you and finds the one that best fits your cart. Here, here's how it works. You're shopping, right? You're shopping online. You go to checkout. The Honey button pops up. 
you click apply coupons. You wait a few seconds and then you watch the price that you have to pay go down. It's that simple. You know, I, I use honey myself. I just actually this weekend bought my son all of his T-ball gear for the year that we have coming up. And anyone with kids knows how expensive that stuff is. But with honey, I saved like 50 bucks. I think I saved $45 on uh, getting a T-ball bat and a T-ball uh, tee and getting him his cleats. So um, it was free. And it's, it, I mean, it's really as easy as just hitting a button when it pops up on your screen when you go to checkout. Uh, it works on a desktop, it works on a laptop, and it works on your iPhone. Just activate it on the Safari app on your phone. So if you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out on cash. So by getting it, you'll be doing yourself and supporting this show. I'd never recommend something that I don't use myself. So get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash March Madness. That's joinhoney.com slash March Madness. The link will be in the description. Uh, All right, let's talk about this upcoming season because uh, to me, there are there are four things that need to settle themselves out to let us know just how good this group is going to be, right? The first one, and I'm going to assume that RJ and Tyrese are, 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 they're off to the professional ranks. Thank you for being here for so long. Thank you for the memories. Thank you for RJ. Thank you for that shot. Uh, Tyrese, thank you for giving me this to celebrate now. Um, but, you know, I think that they're probably moving on to bigger and better things. And uh, I wish them nothing but the absolute best. I hope that we see them on the NBA floor. Uh, at some point but the first the biggest thing is going to be whether or not you get Adamas and go back um, if you can develop his ability to pass and develop that jumper just a little bit I think he has a very real chance to be a top 10 player in college basketball next season uh, his he's so good around the basket his feet are so good he is a much better uh, switchable defender the rim protecting defender than people realize you know if he's if we can get him back and just get like a year of development, kind of teaching him how to see the game the way that someone, you know, beyond the way that someone ha- that has played for basically five years can see it. Like you got to make a little bit of better reads. You got to see when the doubles come and you got to be able to anticipate, uh, you know, if you're spinning it to help, you know, it's just, it's little things like that, that he needs, I mean, watch some film, work with Luke and Kamani and all those guys. Like, I, I think that he's, He's close to being a sensational player. He, he was a very, very good player this year. It's the fine margins and develop that passing a little bit, develop that shot a little bit. And we're talking about a guy, you know, that can make an Omeka Okafor type leap. I don't think that that's crazy to say that like he could be in the mix for national player of the year next season if he makes a couple of strides in a couple of certain spaces. So getting Adama Sonogo back would be enormous. Um, I don't know if he's an NBA player, so I, I, I hope that he will be back. I hope that he'll test the waters and then come back. Uh, The second thing is develop Jordan Hawkins, like get this kid an an unlimited meal plan and make him eat six meals a day, make him put on 25 pounds, get his ass in the weight room for two hours every single morning, bench, do pushups, do squats, do all, do everything you need to do to get this kid physically stronger and then have him doing two hours of two ball dribbling drills every single day. You got to get him more confident in his handle and a bit in his ability to beat people off the bounce. You do that. And we're talking about a kid like, I really do think that he has he 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 has first round potential as uh, as a player. He's nowhere near a first round prospect right now with the production that he has. But if he puts it together, like we're talking about a guy that could be 15 points a game in the Big East, first team All League caliber guy. Uh, that's that's the second thing. He has to take a step. He has to take that sophomore leap. We always see guys take their sophomore leap. Jordan Hawkins has to be the guy that takes the sophomore leap this leap this year. Third. 
got to figure out the point guard situation. Um, I don't think that we want Jalen Gaffney playing the point all by himself next year. And if RJ's gone, you need an answer there. I don't know if it's going to be Russell Diggins. We'll see what ends up happening with him in the future. Uh, Corey Floyd is a guy that I absolutely love as a player. I think he's probably at his best. It's kind of like the, the Ryan Boatwright to Shabazz Napier or Shabazz to Kemba Walker, like that secondary guy. I don't think you want him as a freshman being the lead guy just yet, uh, but he's very, very good. So what are your options? One, you can hope that um, there's an answer to the Rasul Diggins situation that is positive for uh, for UConn. You can hope that they hit the portal and end up with a guy like a Malachi Smith or end up with the uh, some of these other uh, – star point guards from the mid-major level that have um that are or will enter the portal at some point it's 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 a dicey situation it's not going to be an easy one to navigate uh but i think what we've seen um over the years in the tournament like having a stud point guard is just so important to the way that you can play in the biggest moments and and uconn finding an answer to that question is going to be key it might, i mean honestly it might be just as important as as getting adamas and go back you got to have a great point guard to be able to win in march and four is andre jackson he is i was talking with an nba scout about this um a week ago he is not all that far away from being a superstar like he's got he, he do pretty much everything that he needs to be able to do it's about eliminating some of the mistakes it's about improving the decision making it's about getting that shot a little bit better and it's about learning to play with the level of athleticism if it clicks with him if it clicks and you can tell me that we have Andre Jackson Jordan Hawkins taking the leap and Adama Sanogo back like that is an unbelievable top three like legitimately good enough to compete with Creighton and Villanova at the top of the Big East top three uh and I do think that it's important to mention that there are some talented players that are kind of still in the pipeline. Like I didn't even mention Alex Caravan yet. Uh, Samson Johnson is another guy that needs to take a step forward. I think that Donovan clinging um, the big kid, the, uh, the seven foot um, kid that just committed to the program uh, from Bristol. I think that he's a guy that has a chance to be a stud. I think he might need a year to really get to the point where, you know, he's the perfect guy to play as a freshman um, behind uh, Samson and behind Adama and then have him be a star when he's a sophomore. Uh, but, I mean, there's there's a lot, a lot, a lot of pieces that are um, that are on this roster. You're going to have to fill some holes, the point guard spot, getting another shooter. Um, but this is – there's a chance that this could be a very, very, very good team again next season. So, uh, I know that that staff – Loves the portal. I know that that staff pays attention. I know that they're in the weeds uh, when it comes to the rumors and trying to get ahead of some of this stuff. And uh, I fully expect us to see uh, a UConn team that's going to be competing again next year. And that's really all you can ask for, right? They were top 20 this year. They're going to be top 20 again next year. There's stars on the roster. There's pros on the roster. So um, I'm just glad I give a fuck enough to be able to sit here and sweat out about whether or not they're going to get uh they're going to get a point guard transfer coming into the portal. It's been a long time since uh, since I've been that crazy when it comes to this fandom. So, listen, it's been a fun season. I thank you for following along. They're going to be a little bit less frequent with these shows uh, as the season has come to an end, but I hope that we're going to be able to update you on recruitment, on transfers. Uh, we'll have some instant reactions when anything happens within the UConn program. So, until then, go Huskies. Go Huskies.